You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by AirAccountant.io, outsourced controller and bookkeeping services. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Kim DeWitt. She's Director of United States Air Force and NATO Business with Decision Lens. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Carl. Glad to be here. So it looks like you've been in sales the large part of your career. Talk to me a little bit about what you do and, and how you got into it. Uh, it was sort of um, unexpected. I started out, um, or my formal training in college was counseling and mental health, and I started out in that career. Um, and then I was a stay-at-home mom for about eight years. And when I uh, went back to work as a single mom, uh, I decided, and I had some good advice, to repurpose my problem-solving skills and my people skills of uh, group dynamics and resolving conflict and solving problems and achieving goals to sales um, now that I would be a single mom. So I, you know, gave it a shot and, you know, God blessed me with the ability to um, develop an expertise. That's how it started. Well, it sounds like you sell some pretty complicated stuff. How in the world did you become an expert in all these things? I, I let the experts be the experts. So I always rely heavily on, um, you know, computer experts and, um, you know, the actual technologists. You know, I don't, I don't even pretend to be an, an expert in that area. But what I focus my attention on is uh, really just uncovering customer challenges, needs, um, where they want to go, what they need to solve. Um, and so I, I usually just focus my ability on that and when the complicated, smart uh, conversations, uh, technical conversations come along, I bring the right people and plug them in. So when you when you go about selling to the folks you sell to, is this based upon relationships you have? Is it cold calling? How do you how do you penetrate these accounts? I think I have some uncanny ability, maybe because of my counseling background or something, but I do my homework and I think that that's key. I don't reach out to anyone without a purpose. So I, I do my homework and I see, you know, some general idea of what uh, the mission is for the military and the Department of Defense is easily researchable. Um, there's so much going on out there that's published. And, you know, with what we sell, we see a volume of the same challenge, you know, through volumes of customers. So it's very easy to kind of set out a couple questions over LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn a lot for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going to, if I'm going to cold call, I usually reach out that way. And if I ask the right questions and I look like I'm relevant for the most part, that's how, you know, I can develop a relationship or just through, you know, networking or in-person conversations and then customer referrals. You know, I work very hard to, have in, you know customers who also say this was very helpful or um, they benefited and and then they'll refer. Okay, and then I saw saw that you studied uh, human development and family studies uh, as an undergrad, so that uh, certainly prepared you for for you know motherhood and the kind of work you did early on. But how did how in the world did that um, prepare you for for selling to you know military? <laughs> officials and the things that you're doing now. One of the things that you had mentioned earlier before we got on the recording was God's sense of humor. And that's a, that's a wealth of conversation right there as God's uh, sense of humor, putting, putting me in places that I'm not equipped for, but equipping me in the place. People are people. It's a human, you know, endeavor. Uh, everybody has uh, challenges and goals to accomplish and, and get where they need, you know, need to be, you know, and kind of what's transactional can be, you know, any kind of thing in between, but it's kind of the same principle. And then you, you mentioned God, so I'm going to ask you about your faith. How did you How did you come to faith? I know that's an important part of your life. It is. 
And I was very fortunate to always uh, feel that God existed and was a part of my life. And I can't even remember a time, even as a child, where I didn't talk to God. I'm, I feel very fortunate from that perspective. Um, I also had a lot of um, faithful examples of Christians around me. My, my mom saw her praying a lot, um, taking us to church, grandparents. Um, our neighbors, our best friends, parents, uh, a lot of um, people who accepted their own um, opportunities that God gave them. And if I was in a car, I remember a lot of adults just speaking about God and talking about their faith and living it out and just a lot of different people. In addition to as I got more older and you start to um, critically think and challenge and, and evaluate whether that was your growing up faith or if that was really your own faith. You know, even atheists and, you know, unbelievers or different faiths, um, everyone played a part in helping me understand a very complex question that most of us have. Was there a, so I, I know you grew up with it and you grew up believing, you, was there other, ever a, a point in time which you owned it yourself where you gave your heart to the Lord? Or was that a gradual process? You know, as a child, I always sensed God's presence. And then, like I said, you start to get into college or high school and your mind starts to develop on a critical analysis level and, you know, the scientific method and, you know, thinking reasonably and rationally. And then you start to challenge the assumptions that you have. Um, and then, you know, I just was fortunate to have so many faithful people who could defend their faith, uh, who were researched and applied themselves to understand and dig deep um, as well. And, you know, I can, you know, immediately think of some folks like my, um, father-in-law at the time and his, you know, and my ex-husband's mother and their family, they invested a lot in me to, um, understand the scriptures and illuminate it, you know, kind of what I knew in my heart and intuitively and kind of brought the word of God to light because most of my religious upbringing was more ritual and sort of just ritual ceremonial, but, but not like this living word, um, the word of God. So that was where that kind of, you know, began. There was two great challenges. One was in college, you know, where all of that, like, religion or your original faith, your childhood faith was just silly fantasies of fears and, you know, your invisible friend Jesus. And as much as I tried to, you know, look at things rationally, you know, or intellectually, uh, thank God, you know, God had provided so many, my own personal miracles. And I often find that with the teenagers of my kids' friends, when they're questioning these things now, you know, it's not just our rational minds. We actually know way more than what we can put words to. You know, God had revealed himself in so many miraculous ways that are unexplainable. And even if some folks don't even feel like the positive is, was revealed, a lot of people have experienced negative um, experiences that are beyond what you can see, touch, or feel, or hear. So, I, I just knew in myself that I couldn't betray myself when it came to um, knowing that he was real and he was um, involved in my life. And then I would say that the second part was going through a divorce. Um, I had grown from college through many years. I think I was married over 15 years and I grew in intellectual faith, but I didn't realize that the divorce was going to challenge my theological paradigm on such a foundational level. I, if somebody could lose their faith, that's probably at the juncture in which I would never reject my faith as much as I lost almost all of what I could believe because I couldn't understand how hard a person could try to live out the faith and then be rewarded with ashes and my, and the way that I could see it from that point of time. And, um, through that, pro and I just remember praying, like, if God's real, if he's really, you know, involved, you know, the burden's on him. He's going to have to 
reveal himself to me. And it was almost like God smiled, like, finally, she got it. She understands. Like, and then it went from intellectualizing my faith to much more of, um, you know, kind of like the following to becoming a disciple. And so knowing that he leads and he teaches and he works with me way through so many other um, channels than just my intellect. I don't give up my intellect. It has to be reasonable and it has to be somewhat consistent. It's not irrational, but um, I've just learned that following him or just knowing about him is, is very, very, very different. Oh, so great. from that yeah, well, from that point on, from that point on, you know, from my divorce, I was divorced in 2010. So, you know, as God started to pursue me and take take the invitation and took me up on my not my, necessarily my challenge, but, um, you know, said, yeah, I've been waiting to prove it, and he does, he did prove it, and I was, you know, it's 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 at that point your heart doesn't go back because then you know he personally loves you, and and that's you know, you know that's a level of trust. Uh, an intimacy uh, that you're not willing to give up after that. Well, that's very helpful. I, I know a lot of our listeners have struggled with the same thing and, and uh, some of them are struggling in their marriages. So it's very helpful to, to share all that. And I thank you for doing it. So, so let's talk about how you integrate your faith with your work. What does that look like? Yeah, that's a, that has been like a crucible uh, in my life. Um, I always, you know, what I always felt like I was in the wrong place. I always felt like, um, you know, I was in the wrong job and the wrong career. And I just, no matter how I tried to, you know, find my tribe, so to speak, or, you know, match up my, my capabilities with the right environment and the right context and the right industry and all that, which is really, you know, my passion for, um, counseling, rehabilitation and growth, um, you know, and mentoring and those types of like social sciences or the social science field, trying to get back over there. And the more I got into sales, the more I just couldn't understand how I was there, like why I was there. Um, it felt very, um, it was like daily feeling of like, I didn't like it. I felt like a hypocrite, um, that there was no future. I was tired. I wasn't taking risks. Um, you know, I was where I didn't want to be with people I didn't want to be with because the corporate environment is nothing like, you know, the kumbaya and hug it out environment of social science folks. Um, it's, it's very, very different. And, um, I had a really hard time, um, understanding what God wanted me to do because, um, my skills worked really, really well, um, with the customer, but I had always a very, very difficult time. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you, you know, making it operationalizing that internally, you know, with the, with the company, um, decision making, you know, and strategies and, and things of that have failed, which, um, so anyway, so that was really, really hard. And I, I'll tell you, that was a crucible I could just go on about. But, but what really kind of helped me understand was it was just the biggest aha in the moment was, I was reading and listening. I like the audiobooks too, but is um, um, what's his name? Um, Eugene Peterson's book, "The Run with the Horses," about mm -hmm. Jeremiah. And I remember listening. I used to listen to that all the time, and I could just keep listening to that and get more and more out of it. But when he was talking about the Israelites being exiled um, to Babylon, 
Mm-hmm. And I remember driving to the beach and for hours just, just shocked because that was just an, you know, and it illuminated everything that God was trying to teach me. And, um, and that, you know, that I was being forced. I kept thinking I was in the wrong place. And, and through that book and through the stories of um, the Israelites and how Eugene Peterson and Jeremiah and all that talked about, you know, I had a choice. That, that crucible and that stress, you know, forced me to a decision. Uh, whether I was going to focus, thinking that I was in the wrong world and be full of self-pity and feeling like I was living a marginal existence um, and being feeling like I was being pushed to the edge of my existence versus choosing and directing and focusing my energies to live and um, embrace God's future for me. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, kind of fell into like, okay, you know, God does care about this. And it was just such a huge thing because I resisted it so much. I kept thinking I was going to get out, get out. And now it dawned on me, like, I'm not going anywhere. This is where he has me a sign. Go ahead and wrap it up here. I want to thank Kim DeWitt so much for joining us on Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, and I'd like to encourage you to follow our podcast. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. Thanks. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by airaccountant.io.